Okay. Welcome everyone. Bruchem Abayim to tonight's year, Parshas B'Shalach and Tu B'Shvat edition. Thank you everybody for coming. Continuing the Shirman Sefer Shemois, which are again generously sponsored by Dr. Zakaim Umeshpachta, Le'ilo Inishmas, Rav Shleim Elias ben Rav Yaakov Zakaim, Le'inishmas, Dr. Zakaim's mother, Rivka Bas Tzvi Alevi, and Father Rav David ben Rav Yaakov Tzvi Hakoyin Veganeden Temenu Chasam. They should be Melitza Yisham for the whole family. I'd be asked Tzedek. The Shurim of Chodesh Shvat are sponsored by the Israeli family, Le'ilo Inishmas, Meir ben David, Rav Yotzei Deschas Shvat, Yeshua ben Yechezkel. Tonight's year is sponsored by my dear friend Rabbi Yaakov Mizrahi. Tonight's year is anonymously sponsored as a zchus for Zara Chai Kayama, for their son Ariel David Ben Devoira, and daughter in law Shindol Sipaira Basmaka Bluma. Tonight's year is also dedicated. By our good friend, Mrs. Yehudis, Yehudit Herman, from Yushalayim, in honor of Tubishvat, and as a chus for her daughter, Rivka, to have an easy birth and healthy baby, Bishad Taiva, and for the protection of our soldiers in Gaza. Okay, so if you want to learn more about Tubishvat, I hope you get the Sefer, the Light and the Splendor. You could still get it if you want to know about Tubishvat. If you don't want to, not, we, have, we have, there's one copy left. We're but whatever store you go to, there'll be at least one copy left. Um, that's available. If you don't yet have Rameyer Valanes and the Eternal Children of Hashem, that's avail- available in local, better bookstores everywhere. Up, we're climbing up there. Um, upcoming Svarim in the queue, if anybody wants to be Mishtatev. We have a lot of stuff uh, on the way, if anybody would like to participate. Um, the Sefer Anchil Chabanim, Baruch Hashem, is complete. We're doing the final editing. Anybody would still like to be Mishtatif. The next art scroll safer, Bezus Hashem, on Lagba Oimer for this year at Tafshin Pedalit. It's called Lagba Oimer. No, it's called the what is it called? The Fire and the Soul. The Fire and the Soul. Ooh, louder. Okay. <laughs> the Fire and the Soul. Then um Bezus Hashem. We're also working on translating uh the Chafetz Chaim Sefer. Yeshua. It's going to be uh, very special work. So if anybody would like to mishtatif any upcoming projects, Tavi Alechem Bracha. Tu B'Shvat. What are you supposed to do on Tu B'Shvat? What do you mean? There's a lot to do. Why, do I, why is there a lot to do? Because you save a whole seven minutes tomorrow morning because there's no Tachnon. So it's a really long day. You know? what A guy can never experience the great Simcha of going into Shul and about to sit down and put his head down. And somebody said, no, no, it's Tu B'Shvat. That's a simcha only a Yid could enjoy. You know? So tomorrow, it's a very special day. And because we don't say Tachnon, it's a Yom Simcha. No. So what exactly are you supposed to do on Tu B'Shvat? The earliest record of any type of Hanhaga on Tu B'Shvat comes from a, a rare Sefer, an ancient Sefer. It's called Tikkun Yisachar. Tikkun Yisachar by Rav Yisachar Ibn Susan, <coughs> who lived in the times of the Arizal and the Beis Yosef in Tzvas, um, more than 400 years ago. He writes, basically he wrote a work, which is like a calendar. He goes through the calendar of the year. And that year that he explains, 
Tubishvat came out on a Thursday like it does this year, right? You know, t- tonight is Wednesday night, so tomorrow's Thursday. Just thought uh, you might want to know that. And the Tikkun Yisachar says, Yom Tesvavvay, Shuhu Yom Hei B'Shavua, Roish Hashanah Le'ilanais, Ve'in Mesanin Bay, We don't fast. Ve'in Noiflam Bay, Nefilas Noi, Yom Tetachna, and Betfila. Ve'noyagim Ho'ashkenazim Laharbois, Bay, Beminei Perois, Ilanais. The Ashkenazim eat a lot of fruits. Why? Lechvoid shemoy shalyayim, an honor of the day. So the Sephardim, no, they don't get involved in this practice. But the Ashkenazim are noyeg to eat a lot of fruits on this day of Tu B'Shvat. Now, this Sefer of um, Tikkun Yisachar is such an ancient Sefer, it's actually codified by the Magen Avram. Magen Avram, in Simon Kuflam and Aleph, he quotes the Tikkun Yisachar that Ashkenazim are noyeg to eat a lot of fruits on Bemine Parashel Ilanais. Now, the following question just hit me as a way of example. Mamish, why in the world are we eating fruits on Tubishvat? Do you know what Tubishvat is? It's the line of demarcation regarding Hilchos Masa that any fruit that was Chanat before Tubishvat, it's part of last year's crop and you take off Masa from last year's fruits. Whatever was Chanat after Tubishvat is from next year. It's a halachic day. It's not really a judgment day. It's not a day of judgment. Nobody is judged on there. Don't worry. Your apples and pears are not being judged tonight or tomorrow. So why are we eating fruits? It's just a line of demarcation. For example, just occurred to me, I, I can't believe I never thought of this question. Mamish and Yerzuchus. What's Rosh Chodesh Elo? It's a Rosh Hashanah for Masa for Behema. Yeah? Yeah, and Masa Do you eat Behemoth on, on Rosh Chodesh Elo? I never heard of anybody, I know people go to shul to hear the shoifer. I never heard of a guy, he's, he's sitting down to like rib steak. Whoa, wh- what are you doing? It's Rosh Chodesh A guy eating, and they have these ribs. The mamish looks like the rib, of the, the, the rib cage, they put that on your plate. They put the behema on your plate. That should be for Rosh Chodesh Forget the shoifer, forget the musr, let's get the behemoth going on Rosh Chodesh No. What, because what, what, just because it's a line of demarcation from Master Behema, you don't have to eat Behemois because it's a line of demarcation. So why are you eating fruits on Tubishvat? You ever wonder about that? And people, you see what's going on? It's actually the fruits are more expensive than the Behemois. They're more. You could get a steak for cheaper than the kind of fruits that came up. I don't even know if they're real fruits. They're genetically manufactured. They're, these things don't grow on trees. You let me ask you, you saw any of these things ever on a tree? I, you never saw any of these fruits that with, with horns and prickly things. You never saw any of these guys on a tree. Right? So wh- why are you eating them? Because it's a Rosh Hashanah for Masar? For, for, uh, okay, that's what we're going to discuss tonight. But on a more serious note, I want to share with you a few questions. Of course, we're going to start with Rabbi Meir, but this is not a Rabbi Meir share. The Gemara Menachas on Mem Gimel says, Tanya Hayyura Meir Oimer. Chayiv Adam Levarech. How many brachas do you have to make a day? A hundred brachas a day. Meir brachas b'chayam. A hundred blessings a day. Shenemar, Viata Yisrael, Ma Hashem Aleikech Hashem Meimach. What does God ask of you? And the Gemara has a drash al Tikri. Ma Ella Meir. So we learn out a hundred brachas from the Pasuk. Ma Hashem Elaikecha Shoyel 
Me'imach. Okay, the Medrash comments on this Pasuk, interestingly, that when Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz Hadas, what was it? Some say it was Esrag, some say Chita, Te'ena, Gefen, Tachaygli, Bashana, Te'ena, Chita, Gefen, Esrag, four possibilities, right? But uh, we've, we've discussed that in the past. So Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz Hadas, and now Hashem's afraid he might eat from the Eitz Hachayim. So the Pasuk says, Vi'ata, Pen Yishlach Yadoi, and now lest he send forth his hand. So the Medrash says, God was giving him an opening of teshuva. How do we know God was offering teshuva? Because Hashem said to him the word ve'ata, and now. Says the Medrash, the word and now refers to tshuva. From where do we learn it? Ve'ata Yisrael ma Hashem Eloikecha shayel me'imach. And now Israel, what does Rebbe Shalom ask of you? So we learn from the Pasuk, ve'ata Yisrael, and now Yisrael, that the word ve'ata means tshuva. Ve'ata Yisrael. What does God ask of you? The Medrash says that refers to tshuva. So comes the Chida, Rav Chaim, Yosef, David, Azulai. By the way, his father was a Sephardi. His mother was an Ashkenazi. Comes the Chida, and the Chida says, how can we tie together these two drashas? That on the one hand, and now, Yisrael, what does Hashem ask of you? And the Gemara Darshan Zma refers to a hundred brachas. And the Medrash says, Ve'ata refers to tshuva. What connection is there between tshuva and a hundred brachas? Because we're learning two things from this Pasuk. Ve'ata, the Medrash says, refers to the mitzvah of tshuva. And ma refers to a hundred brachas b'chayim. This is the question of the Chida in the Sefer Kisei David. You know who else asked this question? None other than Hagoin Reb Chaim Falaji. Reb Chaim Falaji in the Sefer Berchas Mayadecha L'chaim in number 10. That's question number one. How do you reconcile, how do you combine these two drashas? Vi'ata refers to Teshuva, Ma refers to a hundred brachas b'choyam. Another similar question. David HaMelech is called the man who has hukam oil, who established oil. What does oil mean literally? A yoke. Oil. Ayin Lamed. A yoke that goes on the a responsibility. The Gemara in Marid Katan, look at number 8. Amr Shmo Bar Nachmeni Amr Abiyayinasan. Maidichsev, what does it mean? Nu'um David ben Yishai, the word of David ben Yishai. Unu'um Hagever, hukam oil. And the word of the man who established a yoke, David ben Yishai, Shehekim Ula Shel Tshuva. David established the responsibility of Tshuva. Hukam oil refers to the responsibility of Teshuva. That's very interesting because the Medrash Tanhuma of number seven in Parshas Kairach says, What's the gematria of oil? Ayin Lamed. A hundred. That it refers to David Hamelch established responsibility of making a hundred brachas, like the Torah brings down, that a hundred men were dying every day. Um, every, every day people were dying. A hundred, a hundred people were dying every day. David came, right? There was a Magaifa, and David HaMelech came along, and he was masaking a hundred brachas to put an end to the plague. So it's interesting that on the one hand, the Gemara says, oil refers to a hundred blessings, and here the Medrash says, 
uh, the Gemara says it refers to tshuva, and the Medrash says it refers to a hundred blessings. So how do you again? How do you combine these two drashas? Why is it? Why is it that we constantly find that the subject of brachos is always connected somehow to tshuva? Okay. And another one last question the Chida asks in the Kisei David is he quotes Rabbeinu Ephraim, one of the Rishonim. The pasuk says Vishavta ad. Hashem Alekecha. You'll return until God. What's the gematria of Hashem's name? Yudke Vavke? 26. What's the gematria of Ad? What's 74 and 26? 100. Veshavta Ad Hashem. Ad Hashem is 100. 100 brachas. Yeah, but the first part of the Pasuk says Veshavta. You'll do tshuva. So again, you see a connection between tshuva and and a and hundred brachas. So it's very interesting. Again, we uh, consistently see a commonality between a hundred brachas and tshuva. What connection is there? Now, I'll tell you a little secret. Many years ago, we answered this question differently. It's actually in this book on Rabbi Meir and what the Chidah says, and I'm not going with the Chidah's approach tonight. What the Chidah says is that in order to make a bracha, you need to be able to have a status of being Hashem's child. And in order to do tshuva, you need to be Hashem's child. That's an idea we've spoken about many, many times, that only Klai Yisrael could do tshuva because Hashem forgives us because av shemachal al kavoidoi, kavoidoi machal, a father for, could forgo his honor. But tonight, we're, we're going in a different direction and a different angle. We're trying to deal with the fact that Chazal consistently where they find a hundred blessings, there they find the mitzvah of tshuva. Be it in Viata Yisrael, Ma Hashem Lekecha Shoyel Meimach. Be it in Nuom Hagever Hukam Oil. The Gemara says Oil Shel Tshuva. The Medr says a hundred brachos. And Vishavta Arashem. Arashem is a hundred. Vishavta is tshuva. So I found a I found a gem, an absolute gem. You think it's easy to give a shear on two bishvat every year? I mean, what do we we eat fruits? Every year, it's not so easy. I found a treasure, okay? This treasure was uh, discovered in a sefer, Birchas Mayadecha L'chaim, a Rav Chaim Falaji. I even messaged the one who printed the sefer today. I told him, I'm giving a share tonight from the sefer you published, Birchas Mayadecha L'chaim. He was very happy, or so he led me to believe. So, <laughs> so Rav Chaim Falaji says something very interesting. And he says he never saw this anywhere. Nobody told it to him. But it was like divinely inspired. He says, Libi Oimerli. What period of the year are we in now? No period. You know? There's no yom, not yom Tif now. The last Yom Tif was Hanukkah. The next Yom Tif is Purim. But we do have a certain Zman now that's not named after the month or the Yom Tif, but it's connected to the Parshiyos. And that is Shavivim. You ever hear of Shavivim? Shavivim are the, the eight weeks of Shmois, Va'era, Boy, Bishalach, Yisrael, Mishpatim. Those six weeks, some add Shumat Tetzaveh. Okay? Shavivim. Shmois, Va'era, Boy, Bishalach, Yisrael, Mishpatim, Truma Tetzaveh. Shavivim or Shavivim Tat? The Arizal says it comes from the Pasuk, Shuvu, Banim, Shavavim. It's a time of tshuva. Tshuva for what? 
I'm going to tell you, but it's not for a general audience. Okay? So use parental discretion. But what is it tshuva for? The Berhetev says this in short. That Rizal explains this at length. It's tshuva for something called tikkun habris. Tikkun habris is preserving the kedusha of of brismila. Why this time of the year? That's why this time of the year is dedicated for adherence to kedusha, guarding one's eyes, and observing kedusha in this area called tikkun habris. Why these parshiyos? The Arizal says like this. Yeah? Remember that story? I hope so. When he ate from the Eitz Hadas, he separated from Chava because Chava convinced him to eat from the Eitz Hadas. So for 130 years, he had separated from his wife. So the Gemara says, what was during those 130 years, he saw Zara La'ainsei, which means he emitted Zara. Not in... Uh, not with Chava. And therefore, by being Moitzi Zara during that time, it produced certain Neshamais. And those Neshamais came back to this world a few times. First time they came back to this world is in the generation of the flood. And the generation of the flood continued this evil behavior of Ra. Ra they were Moitzi Zara Levatala. And they were punished in boiling water in the Mabal. They came back again in the generation of the dispersion, Dar HaFlaga. They also continued in this evil behavior, Ki Raba Ra As Adam, this Ra. Fine. They came back a third time. Some say they were also in Sadaim. We're, we're jumping to the end. They came back in Mitzrayim. In Mitzrayim, they had to be pl- uh, cleansed. How were they cleansed? Well, in the Mabul, they drowned. So in Mitzrayim, Kal Haben Hayiloid Tashlichu, they were thrown in the water. That was a tikkun for the sin of Adam Rishon. In the generation of the Haflaga, they built a tower. They said, Hava nilbana levenim. So in Mitzrayim, they were worked b'choymer uvilvenim. And the, and the bondage of Egypt purified these souls from the sin of Adam Rishon. This purification did not come to an end until Pashas Mishpatim, the, the Pash of Kisikna Evadivri. These eight weeks are dedicated for tikkun Tikkun Pegam Habras. Now, we know that it's a serious sin. In fact, it's so serious that the Zayar says something very frightening, and many Svarim uh, grapple with the severity of the Zayar. The Zayar discusses whether you could even repent from such a sin. And all the Svarim tell us, of course, you could repent. Nothing is beyond repentance. One of the main ways to repent is to learn Torah with amelos, with with toil. Because the Egleital says, the Sachet Shavar Rebbe says in the Egleital, that the Zerah is produced in the Mayach, in the brain. Now, Alpi Kabbalah, the Zerah is produced in the brain, but now scientifically we know that there's a gland in the brain that causes the production of it. It's unbelievable. What the Kabbalah taught hundreds of years ago they discovered that there's a gland in the brain that actually c- creates it. In any event, by learning Torah with, with great depth, it, pu- it cleanses a person. But, says Reb Chaim Falaji, something amazing. Did you notice that in the whole Shavivim, there are no Yom Tavim. You have eight weeks, there's nothing to do. So I know everybody, they try to invent something called Yeshiva Week. 
right? They made a new yamtiv, yeshiva week. But actually, that's not a yamtiv. Many people go into debt because of yeshiva week. And actually, most people who stay here find it very pleasant during yeshiva week because there's much more parking. You could go to Central Avenue. There's parking there. The stores are empty, you know. Yeshiva week. You, I would think yeshiva week is when everyone's in the yeshiva. No, yeshiva week is Lashon Sagi Nahar. Yeshiva week. There's no yeshiva now, right? But in any event, um, Reb Chaim Falaji says, did you notice, though, there's one yamtif in Shavavim. And I saw in the writings of Rabbi Avram Eger, the son of Rabbi Eger, this yamtif is mamish smack in middle of Shavavim. It's the middle week of Shavavim, is always Tu B'Shvat. That means Tu B'Shvat is... Um, is intentionally and logistically placed, strategically placed, excuse me, strategically placed, right in the middle of Shoivavim. Says Reb Chaim Falaji, nobody ever told me this, I never saw it anywhere, but it must be that Tu B'Shvat is like the Yom Tif of Shoivavim. And whatever correction we need to be doing in Shoivavim, there must be something about Tu B'Shvat that helps us correct the sin. Say, so what helps? What are we doing on Tu B'Shvat? All we're doing is we're eating fruit. It must be somehow by eating fruit, it must be providing us with a tikkun for this notorious sin. And indeed, says Reb Chaim Falaji, it is well known that making brachos with kavana is a very big tikkun for pagam habras. So therefore he says, quoting a very controversial sefer. Now this, many years ago on Tubishvat, when I used to have time, we discussed the subject of a very controversial sefer, Chem Das Yomim. Chem Das Yomim is one of the most controversial all-time svarim, and there's a question whether it was written by one of the Mikubalim, and there are opinions that it was written by Nathan of Gaza, the prophet of Shabtai Tzvi. That's how far-reaching the various opinions are. If you remember, many years ago we saw, we saw Rab Chaim Falaji very much um, defended the authenticity of the Sefer. And Rav Chaim Falaji says, if you look in the Sefer Chem Das Yomim, making brachos with kavana is a big tikkun for Pagam Habris. And therefore, we darshan, wherever Chazal find the mitzvah of tshuva, in proximity to it, we find the mitzvah making a hundred brachos a day. Because making brachos properly is a very big element of tshuva. So David Amalch is the man who established oil, the responsibility of tshuva. He's also the man who, who established the mitzvah of tshuva. And what does God ask of you? To do tshuva and to make a hundred brachas a day. And v'shavta, how do you return to God? Ad Hashem, a hundred brachas a day. Now some people, they go like this. Huh? What? What did you say? What are you doing? Huh? Who? Where? When? How? What are you talking about? No, no, I made a bracha. You really? What, what, what? But why were you rambling? Why were you saying jar? You know, you were. You didn't even say anything. No. So he said that, pal. That wasn't a bracha. You were paying homage to the ancient custom of the Hebrews that used to make brachas, but that was not a bracha. That was not a bracha. A bracha is you have to say the words clearly. Baruch, Atah, and then when you say Hashem's name. You think, 
Hashem's name means He's the master of everything. He was, is, and will be. Will that? Will, will anything happen to you if you stop and think that for a minute? Nothing will happen to you. You're not running anywhere. Just stop and say the bracha slowly and clearly. It brings a person a great aliyah. It is a very important element of tikkun pegam habris, says Rav Chaim Falaji. He even brings a remez. Brachos! You ever hear this pasuk? Leroish tzaddik. Now, in Kabbalah, the word tzaddik refers specifically to someone who excels in midas hayesoid. Yesoid is kedushas habris, like Yosef hatzaddik. Who's called tzaddik in the Chumash? Only Yosef and Noyach. Why? Because Yosef was uh, preserved his kedusha, also Noyach, while the rest of the generation of the Dara Mabul was engaged in this evil behavior, Noyach remained a tzaddik. So a tzaddik is someone who guards his kedusha. Brachlois, blessings, Laroish, made on Rosh Hashanah, Lo'ilanois, renders a person tzaddik. Brachlois, blessings, Laroish, on Rosh Hashanah, Lo'ilanois, tzaddik. So therefore, in the realm of doing a proper tshuva, brachlois play a key role. And therefore, heaven strategically designated that in the middle of this two-month no-man's land between Hanukkah and Purim, where all you have is Shoivivim, you have this special Yom Tov. What are you supposed to do? I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. You take out an apple and you say, Baruch, Atah, Hashem, you think, Master of everything. You were, are, and will be. You are the source of all blessings. Eloikeinu, our God, powerful, who controls all powers. Melech ha'elam, king of the world. Bayrei peri ha'etz. He created the fruit of the tree. You do that, you catapult upward. Don't go, No, that's not bad news. Bad news. Mr. Brewer brings a story. They saw a guy in the next world. The guy looked, out of, out of sorts. He looked really in bad shape. So what did you do? Killed someone? No. What did you do? You robbed a bank? No. I didn't make brachas with kavana. So now, the, the, good, the good news is you're breathing right now, right? You're breathing. If you're breathing, you could still make brachas with kavana. By the way, Reb Chaim Falaji writes the same in the Sefer Teichachas Chaim that making brachas with kavana especially Berchus Hamazan, is a tikkun for the Pagam Habris. And he says the Remez is in Mishlei, Brachos Leroish Tzadik. That Brachos made Beroish with the proper Kavana, here he says a little different, Brachos made in the Roish with the proper Kavana, render a person a Tzadik. Also, you ever hear there was a Tzadik, Rebel Yahu Mani? Sound familiar? He was a contemporary of the Benishchai. He was a rabbi in Baghdad. And he moved to Hebron. He's buried in the ancient cemetery in Hebron. And he wrote a sefer, Karnois Tzadik. And he says, being careful in Berchus Hamazon is a tikkun gadol for this avoin. And all the brachos, yeah, Mayim Achronim also, but uh, um, all brachos, Mivarich Oysa Mekavana, Hu Tikkun Lahashiv Nidachav. Now, Reb Chaim Falaji had a son. Anyone know the name of the son? The son's name was Rabbi Avram Falaji. 
I had the zuchus to be at Rabbi Avram Falaji's kever on Chaf Gimel Teves on his yard site. Rabbi Avram Falaji is not buried in the New York area. He's not buried in the tri-state area. He's buried in Izmir in Turkey. Now, right now, <coughs> not a good place to visit. But Rabbi Chaim Falaji is also there. They're pretty close to each other. Yep. Also buried there is a Baal Sheva Musar. Rabbi Avram Falaji wrote a sefer in Ladino. You know what Ladino is? Ladino is it's this, it's like a Spanish. It's a Jews spoke Ladino. It's like what Yiddish is to German. Ladino is to uh, to Spanish, a people of Spanish origin. He wrote a sefer in Ladino, and here you have the translation in Hebrew. He also writes the same idea that Hashem was Mazakia Klal Yisrael, that since this time of the year of Shoivivim, we're doing tshuva for this particular Indian known as Tikkun Habris. Therefore, the Rebbe Shalom gave us two Bishvat to be Marbe Bebrachos, so that the special Yom Tif of the Zman of Shoivivim gives us a, a, a unique opportunity to be in the Pagam Habris. So the way I look at it is, here you have eight weeks, and the centerpiece of the eight weeks of what we're trying to accomplish in this eight weeks is the special Yom Tif of Tu B'Shvat, and all you got to do is enjoy fruits. And even if it costs you a lot of money, I know it's going to cost you more than a steak, but you're going to make a bracha, and it's going to elevate you, and it's going to rectify us. And this, says Reb Chaim Falaji, says Reb Avram Falaji, is a very big part of the Indian of Tu B'Shvat. Now, Rav Chaim Falaji says that he got this idea from the Sefer Chemdas Yamim. I want to share with you how the Chemdas Yamim says it. He says that, you know, in, in the world of the Chemdas Yamim, Shoivivim, they, they mamish fasted a very good chunk of Shoivivim. They could fast up to every Thursday, some every Monday and Thursday, some fasted 84 days. It doesn't look like that many people in this room fasted 84 days, but... But Tu B'Shvat, you're not a fast. Why? He says Tu B'Shvat is a big tikkun during this time of the year. And he says something very interesting. I'm sure you're familiar with the famous Yushalmi. Yushalmi says, and I, I know a lot of people that are makbed on this, when they go to a Kiddush, they always think about this Yushalmi. Asid Adam litain din al shara achal. A person's going to give an accounting for every good food they saw and they didn't eat. I know a lot of people that are very mocked on this. You hear what the Yushalmi says? Every treat that you see and you don't eat, you're going to have to pay the price for. Wow, what does that mean? Rebbe Lezer would save up money to be able to eat from every kind of species, every new item. Why is that? Sounds like a very unusual mitzvah. By the way, you don't find this in the Bavali. I don't want... <laughs> And, or it's not brought down the halacha either. One day we're going to have to have a share on this topic. What exactly is this mitzvah that a person is going to give a din b'cheshboin on every treat that he saw that he didn't eat from? Says the Chemdas Yamim. Somebody who eats without a bracha, the Gemara says, is what? He's a gazlan. What's he stealing from? So simply, he's stealing from God. It belongs to God. Without the blessing, God doesn't give it to you. He says, he says deeper than that that by making a bracha, you cause that a shefa, an influence of blessing, comes down from Shemayim, that the angel appointed over that fruit 
will be now filled up from the bracha you made to be able to make another fruit. So if you don't make a blessing, you're stealing from mankind more oranges. You eat an orange and you don't make a blessing, you're stealing oranges from people. Because now the angel is not going to be able to produce. Hashem's not going to give more oranges. You're stealing from the world more blessing. Yeah, the continuous bounty of this type of produce. The Gemara continues. Someone who doesn't make a bracha, you're stealing from your father and your mother. Why? Because when you eat with kavana, you rectify your soul. In everyone's soul, you know what your soul is? I'm going to tell you what your soul is. In your soul, the same way, what's in your, what's in your body? Your DNA. Where does your DNA come from? Your father and your mother. So there's a piece of your father and your mother in your physical entity. In your soul, there's a nitzutz of your father and your mother also. And your grandfather and your grandmother. And when you make a bracha, you're giving power to your soul and your parents. And if you don't make a bracha, you're stealing from your parents. And they might be looking down from Shemayim. Yankul! You're still, you're still at it! Says um, the Chemdas Yomim, someone who doesn't make a bracha is stealing from their parents. The reason why the Yushalmi says that for every type of food you see and you don't enjoy, you're going to pay the price, it means you need to enjoy it to make a bracha on it because by making a bracha on it, you're allowing the rest of the world to enjoy from it. So therefore, um, Rabbi Lezer would save up money and enjoy every type of fruit. Why? Not to enjoy the fruit. To be marbe and brachos. To make a tikkun in the, in the entire world. By the way, the Tashbeitz Katan, who is a Tama Rami Rotenberg, also quotes this Yushami, that a person is destined to give a din v'cheshvayin for every, for every pleasure that he didn't partake of. The meaning of that is for every pleasure he didn't partake of and make a bracha on it. It's not for the pleasure of it, it's for the ability to make a bracha on it. So there's a particular connection between the Zman of the year, the Zman of Shoivavim, and Tu B'Shvat. Tu B'Shvat is like the Yom Tif of Shoivavim. So if I were to ask you, now after the Shir, you know, what are the Yom Tovim of Tishrei? Arashana, Sukkis. And what about Kislev? Kislev and Hanukkah. And what about Adar, Purim? And anything in between? Yeah. There's a time period in between. It's called Shoivavim. Shoivavim is designated for Tshuva. And the, you know, the pinnacle of Shoivavim, the middle day of Shoivavim, is Tu B'Shvat. This is the approach of Rav Chaim Falaji and his son Rav Avram Falaji. There's another beautiful idea that many people, and I never understood this until, until this week. You could go to the store, you could get a dragon fruit. I mean, the dragon fruit, it's like yellow with red, and you could get, I saw in the store today, an ugly fruit. An ugly fruit. I guess everybody gets what they deserve, you know? Um, you could get a thigh guava. A thigh, that's what it was. A thigh guava. Um, you could get a special kind of pear. Yeah, a yali pear, a yali. Y-A-L-I. Then they had a mallow citrus fruit, a big, all kinds of stuff going on over there. But no, people don't want any of that. 
they're still eating their dried apricots, right? They're still that you could get a fresh kiwi, no, dry kiwi. Well, why, why in the world are you eating a dry kiwi? They pump chemicals in it. I get a headache the next day from from the from the uh, nitrates and the the sulfites. I think I get a headache from it. Uh, you could have fresh fruit. There's a, the big section is dried fruit. What in the world are people getting dried fruit? Why would you want a dried fruit if you have a fresh fruit? Right? What's wrong with people? No, there's a reason for it. There's a reason to have dry fruit. I never knew. I thought it was just, I don't know what. There's a special basis for Peroy Sivashim. This is uh, in the Sever Shevet Mehuda, the son of Rabbi Leibel Eger. Rabbi Avram Eger brings this. Also in the Imre Emes of Rabbi Leibel Eger, they bring from his grandson, Rabbi Shloyma Eger. That, don't forget, it's Shoivavim. And people sometimes get down in Shoivavim. They feel they may have sinned and in this type of way where the Zayar says it's hard to climb out of and they feel they're all dried out. They feel like they're dead. They're a dead fruit. They feel like they're a shmata. They feel like, you know, like a dried apricot. And even worse, now, now I understand. Now people eat buxer. Buxer. Eat the table. It's the same thing. There's no, there's no difference. Yeah, because you knew I was going to do my boxer routine. I mean, people are still eating that thing, boxer. Yeah, yeah, charov. Let's cut off a piece of the table and bite into it. What is it? Yeah, in, if you soak it in water for a week and then you chop it up and then you, then you know you soak it in salt. After that, I mean, eat the table while you're at. Eat the, eat the floor, the wall. I don't know, but people are eating. The answer is sometimes you feel, you feel like a dried piece of wood. You feel down and out. But we know this time of the year, even though you might feel down and out, you can look at the tree. The tree is dead like a doorknob. It doesn't look like anything's going on. But we know our tradition is that the saraf is oila in the interior of the tree. At this time of the year, the sap begins to rise because most of the rains of the year have already fallen when it comes to Tubishvat. It's also very interesting, by the way, that I saw the Marsha says, we know on Tuba of the sun begins to wane and the nights get longer and there's more time to learn and they stop chopping wood for the Mizbeach because the sun is, is waning and it doesn't dry out the wood. There might be worms in the wood, which means Tuba Shvat, which is the polar opposite, the sun begins to get stronger today and the nights begin to get shorter, and the days start getting longer, and there's more sunshine. So it's the time of Rachamim. So even though you may feel down and out, you feel like a dried apricot. You feel spiritually like a dried apricot. You feel even worse. You feel like a piece of buxer. You're wood. You have no time in you. You have no juice. You have nothing going on. You're down and out. You're an Eitz Yavesh. But we know this time of the year that through a little bit of Mayim of Torah, you can begin to flourish and grow, and fix, and rectify, and blossom, and develop into Kiya Adam Eitz Hasada. So the minhag, the minhag of eating a dry fruit is to indicate that even if you feel dry and like a shmata, you could still develop into a beautiful tree. So that's, there's a specific Indian of eating uh, dry fruit on this day. And I would add, maybe that's where the buxer comes from. Okay. But let me... No. Krishna says, Rosh Hashanah, Le'ilan. Oh, Le'ilan? 
Well, actually, it's a question, right? Why it says La Ilan? It should say Ilanais, right? Because everything else is Natiyais and Regalim, and we've discussed that uh, um, many times. I want to end off with the following uh, very Yisraelistic piece in the Kafachayim. Kafachayim in Simon Kuf Tzadi Aleph writes. He quotes Arizal Nashar Ruach HaKodesh. If I were to ask you, how do you get Ruach HaKodesh? Raise your hand if you have Ruach HaKodesh. Well, it's very... How do you get Ruach HaKodesh? I don't know, you know. You go to the mikvah. You wake up very early. You spend a good part of the day davening, learning, doing chesed. Reb Chaim Vital writes that he heard from the Arizal the Holy Spirit is primarily dependent on making Why is that? Because imperfections and tuma comes from what's in the food. And when a person makes a proper bracha, the klipais the outer shells, the tumma in the food is removed. Says the Ari, Because here you have an orange. You don't see what's going on in the orange. There's tumma in the orange. The orange could downgrade your soul. When you make a proper bracha, if you go, no. They're monsters in the orange. If you make a proper bracha, the, few, the food is pure, the food will elevate you. The Arizal was Mazher Mima'id. Also in the Shar HaMitzvah, in Parshas Ekev. Look at this. Kitzarech ha'adam lehizahar betachlis beberchas ha'nenen kiguf ha'adam nenem mehem. A person's body is nenem from the food and from the bracha umeskadesh bebrachas elu is sanctified with these blessings. Like it says, V'soyroscha v'soych me'ay v'goyreim shefa elyoin ba'adam. So we don't think of it this way. We think our main aliyah comes from Tamatoira, comes from tefillah, and it does. But the Arizal says, the ikr achievement of connection and Ruach HaKodesh is by making Berchas HaNehanen. And what we're learning tonight from Rukhaim Falaji is that Tubishvat was strategically given to the Jewish people during this time of the year, the time of Shoivivim, to elevate us, to give us the segula of Brachais, Birchais, Laraish Tzadik. Brachais on Rosh Hashanah Lilanais renders us a Tzadik and it's Mesakin, the Pagam Abris. And like Darizal says, it could elevate a person all the way to the Madrega of Ruach Rabbi Isai, have a great night. Well, well,